1: And here we
3: are, Liberty League football fans. Welcome to the inaugural episode of episode episode of In the Huddle. I hey, gotta love live radio. I am Eric Wren, joined here live, coming at you all over the country on BlogTalkRadio.com. In the Huddle for our very first show, previewing and postviewing and everything in between, Liberty League football. I'm Eric Wren, and I'm joined by Mr. Frank Rossi of the mecca of Division Three football, Coral Gables, Florida. <laughs> where else to be, right? Where else but Coral Gables, Florida, with a Liberty League uh, quote-unquote expert. I don't really claim to be that, but where else will we be coming from but Coral Gables? But nonetheless, Eric, uh, our heart, uh, once you're in the Liberty League, always lays inside the Liberty League, and that's why we're doing this show, to promote these Liberty League teams the way they should be. Absolutely, Frank. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm monitoring the airwaves. We've got chat windows open that, you know, if you want to, if folks want to log in and, and ask us questions or listen along to that. We've also got a running stream of listeners. Frank, I've got to believe we are filling a void in people's lives, over 120 listeners live. Got about 17 in the chat room join us via chat, but 120 listeners, Frank. Who well, <laughs> no. do? Don't forget, don't forget to tell your friends and uh, you know teammates if you're a member of the team that we're going to be on an archive. Uh, so you know we'll be relevant technically until Saturday around 1 p.m. when kickoffs begin. So send your friends over to this site and you'll see the archive sometime after the show is uh, completed. And we're going to try to set up as a podcast. Uh, We're still experimenting with that a little bit, but as the season goes on, we're going to take the time slot of Sunday night at 7.30 p.m. for an hour or 90 minutes, depending on the week. We'll advertise it ahead of time, but nonetheless, we'll be on the air weekly until the end of the regular season and then the postseason if it warrants us uh, continuing for that period of time. So just a couple housekeeping items. First of all, folks, we are going to take – we're going to have, if you saw, on the uh, agenda, we've got a few guests uh, this evening – First guest we have is Jimmy Robertson, senior quarterback of RPI, quite a player, followed by Scott Green, head football coach of University of Rochester. Then we have Frank joining us from WPI, your guest. Yes, it's going to be Matt Boudreau, uh, linebacker. He's injured currently, senior linebacker, though, originally from the Rensselaer area. His brother and he both play for WPI and both are injured, but they're going to talk about the uh, WPI-RPI matchup and what it means in WPI season so far. So a lot of action, folks. We're going to do some interviews. We're going to do some previews. some, post, uh, some We may not even have that much time to devote to last week's action. We're going to open things up at 8.30 with Seth Cantor, play-by-play man for Merchant Marine Football. And actually, he's going to start doing some play-by-play for St. John's University online. So Seth, a big-time broadcaster on New York City, voice of the Merchant Marine Academy, is going to join us at 8.30 for some what's coming ahead this week. And take listener calls. Just so you know, folks, the number for you to call in is 646-200-0576. Phone, we're not going to take any phone lines until about 825. And let's just remember, just a couple housekeeping items: So we're not going to take calls. We have a call ID. We're not going to take any calls from black callers. And this is a family program, so let's keep folks things clean and, and, and respectful and above board. You know how it goes. We're making this fun for everyone. And, Frank, let's just talk for a real quick minute why this show i don't know if some of you might have heard us frank and i team up together for d3football.com i'd actually like to take two seconds real quick to thank d3football.com mr pat coleman for promoting and helping to promote and sponsor the show today you might have saw his link online and also to the SIDs for three of the liberty league teams who actually managed to get the link up in time st lawrence Susquehanna, and our friends at wpi so thank you all i guess kind of going to call you our pseudo sponsors for today We're not taking money, but we do take promotional uh, material, so we like to thank you. So, Frank, you and I have talked about this. You're the play-by-play broadcaster for Union College Football for many years, kind of a legend in the Liberty League. Uh, I I played at RPI. I've done games with you. I've done games for D3.com. So I guess you could kind of say we understand the landscape of this conference. We're very excited about it. But more importantly, there's a lot of fans out there excited about this conference, Frank. Absolutely, and uh, D3 football, not to cast uh, a shadow a little bit here, but uh, coming into the season and their kickoff 08 a web a magazine uh, that they put together, kind of put a big separation between the Empire 8 Conference, which is the other dominant Division 3 football conference in New York State, obviously, and New England, and uh, the Liberty League. I believe Liberty League was somewhere in the 13 range, whereas the uh, Empire 8 would be the third or fourth off uh, top. Of my head. I can't remember the exact. So that's a pretty big separation compared to most, most years. And a lot of people are wondering why. And part of why we're doing this is to, like I said, promote these teams. Because I do believe, personally, that the Liberty League is better than the 13th best league in Division III football this season or any season. Uh, it normally gets to sometimes even the consideration for a third team in the NCAA playoffs out of 32 teams to go to the playoffs. So there's got to be something to that. Last year they didn't appear as well going 0-4 in all playoffs, uh, two NCAA games and two ECAC games. But that's, you know, at the same time, you got four teams in the playoff games, so that means something. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, let's me let talk about that for a second. Not a great showing last year in the postseason. 0-4, some close losses, some not-so-close losses, two in, the, two in the ECACs, two in the NCAAs. But guess what? I mean, since 2003, you know, this is a team, this is a conference that's that's had some schools make a run in the postseason, do some things, and and show that it can play nationally. You know, as the season progresses and each week, you know, we're going to follow the developing stories in the postseason picture. But this is definitely a conference that, top to bottom, it's a great story. There's great tradition. There's great teams. Uh, We picked up a, a member from Pennsylvania a couple years ago in Susquehanna to join some regional upstate New York teams. At the end of the day, Frank, you know, we're here for fun. We're here for the experience. We're here to, to, to promote the rivalries and, and to have a good time. So And to, and to promote the student athletes that are really student. giving their blood, sweat, and tears to these programs, they know there's not much of a future beyond Division III football in terms of their football careers. They're doing it for the love of the game, and we appreciate that fact. Absolutely. So with that being said, we got a few minutes before – our first guest, Jimmy Robinson. So, Frank, why don't we just dive in briefly into last week's Liberty League action? Um, some big games, some big games on September 20th. Just, just to recap the scores. Uh, I think uh, we why don't I just run through a few scores and we'll, we'll add a couple comments here. And folks, again, if you have some comments about 8:30 ish when we take calls, if you want to talk about your team, that will be great. We encourage it. Call in. We want to hear from the Larrys. We want to hear from Susquehanna. We want to hear from Merchant Marine. We are not biased. We are not favoring any team. So, so we want to hear your story or questions. Last week, September 20th, uh, WPI defeated Becker 47-7. Home win for WPI to, to start their season, I believe, what is it, Frank Forno? Or? Green O right no. now. Green O. Big, big win in Carnegie Mellon for Hobart Statesman, defeating uh, Carnegie Mellon 21-16 in a huge game. We'll talk about that you know, a little bit more. Uh, Union loses one Frank to Muhlenberg. I know you can speak to that game uh, coming from your your uh, experience with that program and that rivalry. Alfred handling St. Lawrence twenty to three. Liam Patterson in a close one over Merchant Marine twenty one to thirteen. Good to see Merchant Marine come out and, and play tough against the New Jersey Conference. You know that's that's a that's a conference that any one of those teams, Frank top to bottom, come out to play every week. Uh, RPI and, and what most folks expect it was a little too close for comfort, and we'll talk to Jimmy a little bit about that game, 24-10 to 10 at Utica. You know, folks have a lot of high hopes for RPI. Get out of there with a the win, that's the important thing, but I'll tell you what, Frank, I, I've seen this matchup coming from RPI for a few years now. Utica plays RPI tough at home, so, so Absolutely. we're, we're talking the and, and they're an Empire 8 team, they, they play a good teams, so you know, get the win and, and move on to next week. Wycoming in the Stag Hat Bowl, dropping the Stag Hat reference on all you fans. Folks, we do our homework here and in the huddle, beating Susquehanna 28-16. And in a wild one, we're going to recap a little bit with Scott Green, a big big game in western New York. St. John Fisher hands Rochester a loss 24-17 in Rochester. And uh, I, I know everyone is wondering what the heck the Stag Hat is. Frank, the Stag Hat is an actual fedora. Worn by Amos Alonzo Stagg Sr., who coached the Susquehanna from 40, 1947 to 1952. Hey, what did he go on to do? Uh, any idea? Uh, he invented the Division III national championship game. Yeah, well, I guess, hey, then, hey, give him the big hat. But <laughs> well, you right. know, what, Eric, I watched three of these games uh, that you just ran through last week to the magic of uh, the internet uh, this weekend. I, one thing I'm going to say is it's great to see that much video. Of Division Three games, uh, sometimes with audio, sometimes without, but at least get to see what's going on and oh, the with webcasts and with YouTube, and I mean it's it's, it's a new age we're in, and we're taking advantage of it here on Black Talk Radio. Hopefully someday Frank they'll come up with the the, the, the Frank Rossi golden headset games, where you know they give away your headset that you use broadcasting. That's a scary thought. But nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'd to see Hobart win, win against the Game Robertson dialing in. Uh, Jimmy, if, if you're out there and you're looking for the phone number, again, it's 646-200-0576. Feel free to call in. We'll look for you. Frank, let's talk just real briefly. I'd say I'd say a couple of the biggest matchups here last week. Huge win beginning of the season for, for Hobart against Carnegie Mellon, a team, Carnegie Mellon, last year that was all over the national radar. Yeah, I was just uh, going to bring that up myself. Hobart, Carnegie Mellon. I started watching that game in the second half especially. It was a low-scoring game. In the beginning of the third quarter, to halfway through the third quarter, then Hobart took, I believe, it was a 14 to 7 lead on Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie Mellon responded. Uh, then Hobart later, around the midpoint of the fourth quarter, I want to say, scored their touchdown, goal 21 to 14, and they held off Carnegie Mellon. That game actually gets a little bit of an asterisk because Hobart was forced late after a huge fourth and one stand, I think Carnegie uh, Mellon had penetrated to the seven or six-yard line to try to make the uh, tying score happen. Uh, Hobart obviously takes over the ball with it back to the end zone and loses a couple yards so that the punter would not have had 15 yards to kick. Now, you're up by seven. The question is, what do you do? And Coach Krabs, because there was so little time left on the clock, decides could take an intentional safety and then get a free kick instead of risking getting that punt blocked in the end zone and landed on by Carnegie Mellon. And it works out in the end. Carnegie Mellon did have one opportunity with about three or two seconds left for Hail Mary, but the quarterback was pushed as he tried to throw the ball, so it was ineffective and incomplete. And Hobart hangs on against a team, which two years ago was 11-1, I believe it was 10-0 and in the regular season, Carnegie Mellon, 7-4 last year. It's a very Good game for Hobart to win against a decent out-of-region opponent. Frank, you and I <laughs> <the> intentional safety, <laughs> boy. That, that is something you and I have been going around about for a few years now. the The question is, do you do you incur more risk by putting points on the board for the other team and giving them the ball back? I mean, you're betting on, you know, you're betting on defense there. You're betting on two things. Number one, that you're going to be able to cover the free kick sufficiently, but that's just as big of a question as covering the punt. Even if the punt gets off correctly, uh, you're going to basically be kicking to the 40-yard line, as the best-case scenario probably, and giving the ball over around the 30 by the time the runback is done, assuming that the uh, return does not break free. Now, with a free kick, you probably kick the ball to the opposite 40-yard line from the 20, and the question is, how good's your kickoff return coverage? A script kick might allow you a better coverage. And then, because there's so little time left on the clock, you're basically betting on one Hail Mary pass in that situation. This is something that most teams will do up by six points or five points, where it won't be able to affect them as much, because it, it turns what would have been you know, a touchdown and one situation for a win, still into that it's not affecting that but with a seven-point lead i've never seen it done before but it made sense i've heard it talked about before but it made sense well there you go some little strategery helped work out in the end and just just of note there hobart gets the stud award this week for players getting liberty league awards three of the four players on the liberty league player of the week list happen to be from the statesman I'd just like to call out and give a shout out good job to justin hagan left linebacker for hobart 21 tackles against Carnegie Mellon. He leads the Liberty League and he's second in the u s averaging sixteen tackles a game. So nice job there for uh, Justin and Hobart defense. We'll talk a little bit more. We actually have on the line when I want to keep you on schedule. Uh, I got I don't I don't see the name. I see the number. I got to believe uh, is that you, Jimmy? Yeah, how you doing tonight? Great. Jimmy Robertson, quarterback for RPI engineers, four year starter. You know, Mr. Mister Offense for the Engineers, won a lot of games over the years for that team. We, we got about 10, 15 minutes to talk to you, Jimmy. Um, hey, it, thanks for joining us tonight. I know you're getting ready for a big week of practice against WPI, so I guess we'll just jump right in. Jimmy, how, how are you feeling after that uh, close call late into
0: the fourth quarter-type game at uh, Utica? I mean, we're feeling good right now, 2-0, and you know, headed into the Liberty play. You know, we can't be, uh, you know, more happy with being undefeated right now. But, I mean, like you said, it it was a close one. I mean, they came out. It was Utica's homecoming. You know, they really brought it to us for, you know, pretty much the first three quarters of the game. until the fourth quarter, you know, they really really gave it to us.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen some of those games against Utica. You've had a couple games with them where it was a big margin, but I've seen games also out there at Utica where, you know, Utica played RPI tough. They're an Empire 8 team. You know, they, they've got a lot to prove. It seems, Jimmy, do you get the sense that nowadays, you know, in the last five or six years with the with the progress that RPI has made on the national stage that, you know, there's, there's really no weeks off? Everyone is gunning for, you know, you when they play it week
0: to week? Yeah, we definitely feel like that. You know, we feel like we have a target on our backs, you know, teams in the league, out of the league. when You know, when they see they're playing RPI, you know, they circle that game on the schedule. But that's how we like it. You know, we want to get the best from every team because if we're getting their best, then that's just going to make us, you know, play our best in order to compete with them.
3: Jimmy, you've had, I'm um, just looking at your your stats here, uh, two games, phenomenal pass efficiency rating, 140, 37, 57 completions. You've always been a high-percentage guy with the ball, very judicious, moving around the pocket, two touchdowns, averaging a little over 200 yards a game. Uh, tell me, Jim, when I played at RPI, it, it was a pro-style, you know, p- half-run, half-pass kind of grind it out, meek grinder offense. How, how do you feel coming from high school to an offense like RPIs,
0: where you're sprinting out, throwing the ball around quite a bit? Did your arm get tired in that offense there, Jim? I mean, it, we love playing this offense. You know, that's the reason that, you know, pretty much everyone on this offense came to RPI. You know, to get out there, no huddle, spread offense. You know, we get to fling it around a little bit. I mean, we try to be balanced. we got some great running backs. You know, we try to be balanced 50-50, run pass. But, you know, it's a lot of fun being out there you know, spreading the ball around. We've got playmakers all over the field. So it's a lot of fun. That's the reason, you know, I came to RPI. Speaking of that,
3: you've had a chance to play with some great playmakers over the years, you know, coming as a freshman, playing with the John Branches of the world, the Jay Bernardos, the uh, the, uh, the Gowans. How how do you like this team, you know, your weapons you have this year? Are you able to still spread
0: that ball around? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of playmakers, you know, starting with the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line is doing a great job. Um, some guys that, you know, didn't play before stepped in in the first two games, you know, protected me. You know, they're really, you know, the you know, cornerstone of our team. And then all over the field running back, Nick Costa, you know, is amazing, receiver, you know, feel I feel real confident in all of them. Aaron Savazi, Pat McCarthy, you know, Mike Phil, all these guys all over the field. They make my job easy, you know, they make me look good. I can throw them a two yard pass and, you know, they can take it to the house. They make my job a lot easier.
3: Well, it's great having weapons in, in the position you're in as a quarterback. It certainly gives you some choices. I know, Frank. Uh, Frank, you've seen Jimmy play for a few years now in your role at Union. I'm sure. I'm sure you have a, a, a question or two there for for Jimmy. Jimmy, how you doing?
0: Pretty good. How you doing tonight,
3: Frank? Good, thanks. Uh, and uh, you know, I actually got to watch some of that Utica game uh, to the magic of the internet this weekend. And before I actually watched it, I was watching some of the stats. as uh, I, This was my week off covering the Union uh, games And I, I found one thing kind of funny, and I, I was wondering what was happening, and it was it more Utica uh, bringing it to you guys in the first half or not? But at one point in the game, you had 10 completions, I think, out of about 12 attempts for great efficiency, but only for about 60 or 70 yards, averaging just about six yards per completion, which is very low. And the question is, is the brand of offense that you guys are looking at this year because of the loss of some of your weapons more of the short game, or was it just Utica bring it to you and you were taking anything you could get at that point?
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw some things in their defense, so we were just taking what, you know, what they were giving us. If they're going to give us a six-yard pass, we'll take it all day. That, you know, that keeps us on course. So we get six yards to pop, we're getting first downs, you know, every time, so you know they were, they were bringing it to us a little bit, so we were just taking what they were giving us. If that's a six-yard pass, then, then that's a six-yard pass, so we'll take that.
3: Absolutely. And then last year, I actually got to listen to some of the overtimes, uh, well, the two overtimes against WPI, and uh, we want to start looking ahead to next week's game, or this week's game, I guess, technically, Against WPI, the Transit uh, Trophy, which uh, you guys can explain to me exactly what the Transit Trophy is, both the uh, RPI guys. I guess I'm going to let Jimmy explain that. I know it's just this metal thing you look through that kept falling off the wood block. <laughs> have they have they yeah. prepared that, Jimmy? Is it
0: is it screwed to the block now? Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know it's it's an antique right now, but you know it's hanging in there. <laughs>
1: Don't raise it over your head, whatever
3: you do, uh, if you win it uh, this weekend against WPI. But, but last year, WPI, uh, another team that wasn't necessarily expected to bring such a big challenge, ends up taking you guys to double overtime. Some people say RPI was lucky to come out of that game with a win out of WPI on the road. Uh, what happened in that game? Uh, give a self-evaluation uh, from that game, and what do you hope to change coming up against WPI this coming weekend?
0: I mean, WPI is a great team. You know, last year we went there on the road. Uh, It's not an easy place to play. I mean, it's a rivalry game. You know, everyone's gunning for that transit trophy. So we went there. You know, they came out a little more excited than us. We were a little flat last year. You know, they were bringing it to us, bringing the heat. I mean, offensively and defensively, you know, they were doing what they wanted at will. Um, So this year, you know, we just got to go out there, execute our game plan, and hopefully uh, we can have a little better outcome, you know, than going to the double overtime. I mean, they're – a lot better than last year, though. It's not going to be easy. They have a couple All-Americans on defense, um, good all-around, defensive line, linebackers, secondary. You know, you don't really see uh, many glitches in their defense right now. So, you know, we're going to have to be, you know, on our game extra hard. You know, we come out, like we did last week versus Utica, I don't know if we're going to get a win this week. So, you know, we've been preparing, you know, for everything that they're going to throw at us. Well,
3: you definitely say all the right Thanks, Jim. Um, You know, Frank, I know you probably have another question, but I just want to make the comment. When you have a rivalry game, you know, anyone listening in our audience, everyone has a rivalry game. RPI has a few of them. You know, you you throw these records out the window. You see it in the the Dutch shoes game. But I'll tell you, the Transit Trophy as an RPI player, that's a tough game, man. You know, having played it a few times myself, I I don't ever, ever remember going into Worcester or having them come in Detroit and, and be done with that game and think, boy, that was a piece of cake. I mean, I mean, Jimmy, I'm sure you can say the same thing. They definitely have have RPI circled on that calendar, especially when RPI is contending
0: for the Liberty League and the NCAAs every year. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, the three years I've been here, I mean, my freshman year, I know we were down at halftime. We had to come back in the second half. Sophomore year, I know it was real close. We played in some uh, tough weather up here in Troy. Then last year, double overtime. So, I mean, three years I've been here, you know, it's been some, some good competition all three years. And, you know we're expecting the same thing. I mean, we want them. We want them to have their best game. and so then we have to play up, you know, to compete at the level we want to compete at. You know, be one of the top teams in the Liberty League, one of the top teams in the nation. You know, we need to be on top of our game if they're on top of theirs, and we have to do that.
3: Hey, Jimmy, uh, your career obviously uh, for RPI purposes will be over after this year. You've had a prolific career, as Eric led into uh, coming into this uh, segment. And, you know, i got a couple questions more about you and RPI. And, uh, you know, this weekend, for instance, uh, it's the final opener at 86 Field. What does that mean to you personally, having 86 Field uh, go out with you basically uh, this season? And does it bring any extra emphasis to your games
0: coming up this season? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a goal of ours every season of to go undefeated at home. You know, we don't want anyone coming onto 86 Field and beating us here. Um, you know, it's something special this year for all the seniors. You know, we were taking some, you know, some pride in being the last class ever to play on, the, you know, the, the historic 86 field. I mean, some teams come in here, it's the field in the middle of campus, not the best field, the, the grants is money, stuff like that. But for us, it's something special. I mean, it's right there in the center of campus. You have all the buildings around it. Game day, it's a great atmosphere. People are up on the, on the walkways of the, some of the academic buildings. So, I mean – you know, we're honored, to be honest, we're honored to, have it, to be the last class to play on this field because it, it is something special in our eyes. Are you going to take a piece of the sod with you, Jim? Excuse me? you going to take a piece
3: of the sod with you?
0: Yeah, we might have. But I think we're all going to have to take a piece of the sod, you know, put it in our hopefully.
3: backyard, show our something. Hopefully, char, hopefully not digging it out of your face, Matt. Hopefully it's something they're, they're cutting up <laughs> nice, got a little plate for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, sure, Jim. let me ask you something. Uh, RPI... Um, when you're getting recruited out of out of Iona Prep, multi-sport athlete, downstate guy, um, I guess you know, having having played at RPI and played with some great quarterbacks, and you're evaluating your college choices. Was there any, I guess, was there any awareness, or or, or did did you get a kind of an understanding of the, of the heritage before you in the last ten or fifteen years of some of the guys that have that have played that position? Because truly, in my eyes, that's an important position on any team. Obviously, it's one part of a team, but at at, at RPI, it's it's been a a position that over the last 10 or 15 years has been held by some great players. Obviously, Dan Cole going to the Final Four, Matt Robbins going to the NCA's, Mark Barnes, Brandon Grabowski. There's been some great names there. Do you kind of feel that you're part of something there, or, or are you just doing your own thing? Or I'm, I'm just kind of curious how you treat that as far
0: as as far as heritage in the school. Yeah, no, I definitely feel, feel special to be part of that elite group. I mean, like you said, the guys, Matt Robbins, those guys, and then Dan Cole. I mean, he's been the quarterback coach now for the past four years for me. So it's something special with him. You know, he played here, was the best quarterback ever to play at this school. You know, probably nobody will ever be better than him here. So, him, you know, I'm learning from him these past four years pretty much the things he did to get to the Final Four in 03. He's trying to teach me still to this day. So, I definitely should be, you know, part of a group of guys like that. Is there a little friendly rivalry? Does he come out and pass Skelly and kind of, you say, uh, you know what, coach, this is how it's done now. You know, I'm new school and kind of show, <laughs> show him up a little bit? Yeah, we tried. I mean, all the QBs, we tried, it, but he still comes out there every year, and he, he shows us up. I mean, his arm is something I've never seen before. He comes out there and rips it 75, 80 yards. We're all standing there in awe. So, I mean, we try to compete with him, but to be honest, he's still he's still on another level other than us.
3: Well, in our in our last couple minutes, we got about two more minutes with you. I know Frank has a question, and then, uh, you know, I'll kind of take us out. So, uh, Frank, you know, back to you. Yeah. Jimmy, I know you still got uh, probably about, what, uh, seven, at least seven uh, games uh, in your career. Uh, I know you're hoping for 12 uh, more games, at least, in your career, which would take you right straight to the third championship, but uh, at least seven more. But let's say your career ended today at RPI. What would your biggest memory be or biggest accomplishment be in your own mind that you'd walk away with from uh, your years at Rensselaer?
0: Oh, man, that's a tough question. I mean, there's a lot of memories –
3: with the American job interviews,
0: Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, last year when the Liberty League was something special. I mean, the guys on the team last year, some of those seniors were, you know, some of my best friends. So that was probably something special right now. Maybe the most special thing winning the Liberty League. But then I mean, even games last year like the WPI game coming back to win in double overtime, the Hobart game, we drove down with, you know, forty, fifty seconds left. Games like that you either have to fight extra hard, and you come back and win with a minute to go. You know, those are the drives in the games that you're going to remember for, for the rest of your life.
3: Yeah, you speak of that, Jimmy. I remember coming in, you coming in as a freshman. You guys, they changed the format around. See, we, I come from an era where there was no automatic qualifier, no conference title to win to get you in. Right. It was a 16-team NCAA field. You know, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. So the union was in the middle of the season. I remember you guys coming in, first time it ever happened. All the marbles were on the table your freshman year. You win that game. Whoever wins that game against the Union RPI gets to the NCAA playoffs. Here you are, a freshman guy. At that point in time, did you think, hey, no big deal. It's going to be like this every year. You know, I come from a winning program. I'm at a winning program. I mean, well, I'm just really curious. As a freshman, you showed a lot of poise, won a lot of games with that team. What, what is the biggest difference between your game then versus your game now?
0: I mean, I think it's just confidence. I mean, knowing the offense more. I mean, freshman year I had guys like Jay and John Brant, like like you mentioned before. You know, they were the leaders of the team. Now, as a senior this year, I have to be more vocal and be the leader. And just like those guys were to me, I have to be that leader on and off the field for our younger guys. So I'm more of just a leader this year. And you know, I have to be the one out there in crunch time, the ball is in my hands. I have to make. The my team expects me and I expect myself to be able to make the play in crunch time. Like Willie Beeman in any given Sunday, Jimmy, you get a play called and you don't like, you, you switch up in a huddle, you do that?
3: Excuse me?
0: Like like in, like in
3: any given Sunday, the quarterback, Willie Beeman, you know, he calls the play, he didn't like it, you, you kind of change plays or you, you stick
0: with what's called? I, I mean, we, we stick with what's called. I mean, me and some the at the running backs, we got a couple plays drawn up, you know, that we've created that maybe one day we might have to go to, but, you know, for now we stick to the game plan.
3: Well, the last game of your senior year, Jimmy, you know,
0: maybe that's the time because then you know, you know, there's not much they can do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The I mean, last play, maybe comes down championship game, you know, we've got a couple of plays up our sleeves that we, you know, messed around with before and after practice, so maybe we'll have to, you know, throw one of those out there.
3: Well, I, I got one other question. It's a very important question, and, and then we're going to let you go. I'm sure you've got a lot of homework to do. I'm looking <laughs> at that the here, Jimmy. I see that you have a brother that play football at quarterback at Susquehanna. Yes, yep.
0: What's, what's up with that? A Liberty League rival, brother? Come on. Yeah, I mean, we actually, it was some bad luck. He actually graduated the year before Susquehanna joined the Liberty League, so one more year and we would have went head to head as starting quarterbacks, Archie versus Susquehanna, but unfortunately, you know, we didn't get that opportunity. But probably better off for my parents, though, because then they would have to pick a team, so. Yeah,
3: that that would probably kinda of cause some challenges. When I played at FBI <laughs> we had a we had a receiver, uh, Jimmy Lerner from Massachusetts who played for us and he had a twin brother, Brian, who played for WPI, and it was the freakiest thing. I didn't even know he had a twin really? brother and you're shaking hands after the game. And I look and I say, What the hell is he doing I mean, <laughs> it's on the other side of the field It WPI uniform That freaked me out, man. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is crazy. <laughs> We really appreciate it, Jimmy, because been R- now, well, yeah. you've given me so many years calling Union games, obviously, but at the same time, I do respect completely your stats and your record at RPI. The numbers speak for themselves and your quality individual. Uh, just from this discussion, everybody should be able to tell that right from here. Absolutely, Jimmy. I got a T-shirt I wore last year in a couple of your games that I have to throw away because it's got, like, catch-up stains from where I jumped up at the last minute when you got out against Hobart or WPI, and I spilled my my lunch all over me in excitement. I mean, you definitely get have, have given have given the fans a ride there in Troy, and it's been a pleasure following your career. You're you're a class act, a great player, and truly one of the elite players to ever play at that program. So so congratulations, good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully we'll have Thanks you a on lot. Thank yeah, you so definitely. much for joining us. We're, we, you know we're happy to have you. Thanks a lot, Eric. Thanks a lot, Frank. Take care, Jay. You. Have a good night. You too. Good luck with the rest of your year. Thanks. So Frank, a true yeah. class act in the Liberty League, Jimmy Robertson, quarterback from RPI. You know we did one of the things we did not talk about Frank while we're waiting for Scott Green to call in, and hopefully he didn't get caught up in uh, some practice stuff. Obviously that's the risk you run with with uh, coaches nowadays. It's, they're they're busy preparing for a big game, but uh, I'll tell you Frank. Last year, following RPI, I mean, every week was a nail-biter, right? Hobart. Yeah, it, rem- it reminds me of Union 2005. Uh, to go undefeated, you're going to have these incidents uh, where you might lose a game. It's going to come down to the last minute or two, and that's what proves good teams from great teams and makes you 10-0 and or 9-0 and at the end of the season. Absolutely, and, and I give Jimmy credit. I give the RPI coaching staff credit for continuously being able to develop the, their players and a guy like Jim. You know, coming in into at, at, a season when you have high hopes and, and having a question mark at quarterback, right, that's always a dicey situation, whether you're the New York football Giants or, or a high school. I mean, you like to be solid at your key positions coming into <coughs> the season. So, you still there, Frank? I'm still with you. Okay, I was Jim. I'm sorry. So so anytime you enter a season and you're trying to compete for, for, for postseason and you have question marks at a very critical position like quarterback, that, that's a scary prospect. No one knows what to think. You know, a guy like Jimmy comes in highly touted, highly recruited, but you know what? Whether it's Division three, Division one, NFL rookies, I don't care how highly touted you are, quarterback is a very, very demanding position. you got to learn an offense. you got to learn how to read defenses, make decisions. The game's a lot faster between college and high school. So to step in as a freshman, lead your team to have a shot at the NCAAs at the end of the season. I mean, obviously you had a lot of help with the John Branches and the Jay Bernardos and the cast of characters, but... I'll tell you what, I, the first game I ever saw him play, I said, who is this guy? He can throw the ball, he can make decisions, he can tuck it under and run, he can get rid of it when he's pressured. I mean, it's truly a blessing to have an elite player at that position. We've seen it in other schools. I mean, Union had a good one in Maradi. Hobart had Mizro. You know Saint Lawrence has had some players over the years you of R. you know everyone's had their players but I, I, I think Jimmy the Class act has been is going to be hard to replace in that offense down the road well you, but you know what Eric, you, you forget one thing it does take a little bit of luck too to be able to for three four years in Jimmy's uh, case it's gonna be four years get through unscathed in terms of injuries and who do you attribute that fact to it's not just his feet that will do that. Because you're going to be sitting duck, especially in an RPI offense in the backfield, uh, the offense that RPI plays, if you don't have a great offensive line. And it's just as important to fulfill the true potential of that quarterback that you've highly touted, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that they get through every game on their feet, walking off the field, not on their back somehow. Absolutely. So. You know, it, it, I would have to say while we're waiting for Scott Green to call in, I mean, you bring up an interesting point, Frank. Um, you, you watched part of the RPI Utica game. Uh, we listened in to some other games. Uh, you know, we're looking back at last week's results. Um, some, bit, some, some, some very, I guess, early season nail biters, some telling contests. You know, wh- where do we go from here after week after week three, Frank? Where Rochester loses a a close one to Fisher. RPI pulls away in the final minutes, away from Utica. Hobart shows us something against Carnegie Mellon. But more importantly, what did Union show us or didn't show us against Muhlenberg, Frank? Well, you could look at it two ways, honestly. Uh, And uh, I'm I'm not going to tell you which way to look at it. I'm just going to put it out there, two different scenarios to look at. Union was a team and is a team, because of the way schedules uh, work right now, that comes off of Springfield into Muhlenberg every year. And Springfield presents a very interesting issue because your defense against Springfield's offense is not going to be the same one you should be running probably against Muhlenberg, or at least you need to make some alterations to it. So, you know, with Union, it's – it's, you know, when they go against a team like Muhlenberg, who this year is, I believe, now number five in the country, according to the D3Football.com uh, 25 poll, you know, it's tough to get your defense fully ready for that Muhlenberg game because they don't necessarily have the experience that Muhlenberg has on offense already at that point in the season. However, you look at it on the flip side, union actually played better this year than they did against Muhlenberg last year. So it might tell us that Union is actually a better team than they were last year, where they finished five and five, uh, including the ECAC loss, and perhaps can finish six and three, seven and two this year under the same uh, scenario. Oh, well, so let's, to take that, let's 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 expand that thought for a second. Two of the other powers that quote unquote be teams trying to make some noise over the last few years in the Liberty League. Well, I should say not not trying. Hobart's made a lot of noise. They've been the NCA's quite a bit. U of ours has been knocking on the door. Two big games out of both of those two teams. I mean, what is that? Are these statement games last week out of conference? Hobart, you know, winning a tough one against Carnegie Mellon. More importantly, you know, how do you read St. John Fisher right now, Frank? Because that's a team that decided we're going to, you know, we went out to the Final Four a couple years ago, but against Mountain Union, so now we're going to do what a lot of people on the chat boards and in, in the public you know, mind want to do is take a team, trying to get to the next level, Schedule, you know, VT. So Fisher goes out and schedules Mount Union and these home and home series. You know, in my mind, you know, they got a lot of work to do, obviously, at least from what you saw preseason. But you would think, okay, you got to kind of throw that out as far as it's the Mount Union effect. You know, they, they, they get some, some, some credibility for being who they are. So you come back the following week and in a nail biter against Rochester 24 17. Who, who do you have more of an interesting viewpoint on that game for? U of R, who, who has been knocking on the door but hasn't quite gotten over the hump, or Fisher coming off a handling by by Mount Union thinking that they should really go out and really start asserting themselves well, you know, in upstate New York the following week? Well, you know what? I had an opportunity to call Fisher's last two games last season uh, in the playoffs. Uh, a big win against Curry where Curry came out and uh, tried to shock them uh, right off the bat and took an early uh, lead within a minute. But then St. John Fisher handled them. That was the best of Fisher. And then I got to call the game that they lost against Mount Union, and Mount Union manhandled them in that game. There's no other uh, way to look at that game beyond that terminology. And then this year they have to go back out to Mount Union and get manhandled again. And it was interesting to see the response on message boards about St. John Fisher at that point. A lot of parents and fans were kind of turning on the team. And honestly, Fisher is a good team. It's just it lost a lot of experience coming into this year. They'll need a little time to get on their horse and ride. I think Rochester just caught them at a really good time. Not to take anything away from Rochester, I just don't think that Rochester is a seven-point deficit uh, normally, if we play this game nine games into the season. I think St. John Fisher is just a better team the deeper into the season they go. On Rochester's side, I've watched enough of their games to be able to tell you, you never know which Rochester team you're going to get. They've beaten RPI twice in a row in 2006 and 2007. They've given Union trouble uh various times over the last decade. but uh, It's just an inconsistent team, and I know that's what Scott Green is trying to rectify. And last week he may have made one step towards rectifying it because if there's anything such as a success and loss, the seven-point game where you had the lead at halftime against a team like Fisher isn't a bad thing, but it's just tough to read where what you get out of that game. Well, that, that's a team roster is interesting. I want to talk about this for a second in the context of the teams in upstate New York in general whether you're St. Lawrence or or or, or uh, RPI or Union or, or Hartwick or Hobart or whoever. I would have to say, it's funny seeing that matchup. I'm a Rochester guy. I've been a little bit out of the scene for a while, but I know that's a big matchup in, in, in Rochester. But I would have to say the emergence of St. John Fisher in the last five or six years is probably really hurt U of R the most. You know, I'd like to say it's hurt RPI. I'd like to say it's hurt Union. Probably... To a little lesser extent than U of R, it's hurt Hobart, but man, right in your own backyard, and I would guess maybe, maybe not. You're going for the same kind of kid, maybe, maybe not as quite because RPI kind of or I mean, I'm sorry, U of R kind of aligns himself more, more academically with the Liberty League. But man, that that you want to talk about a tough, tough market to, to to really go after players is that Western New York market. You've got U of R. You've got Fisher, you've got Brockport, you throw all the farm boys in from Alfred into the mix, you know, you got Hobart, then on the fringe of that market, you've got Cortland, you know, getting their sniff, but they're, they're, they're competing against Brockport for the kids, and then Ithaca, I mean, man, that, that is a, I, I would like to make the argument that in the last, I don't know, 15 years? The, the recruiting base has actually almost got watered down a little bit because there's so many teams vying for parity in upstate New York football between the E8 and Liberty League. I think you're right about that fully, and uh, I think if you look at St. John Fisher's roster over the last couple of years when they've enjoyed the most success, honestly, it reads New York, New York, New York, New York, New York down the page. Uh, just for, uh, preparing to do games, it becomes very clear when you look down that column, all you see is NY. So it's not like they're going out of state to get these players drawing from an untapped market or something like that. And Rochester, what do you do in this circumstance? Because the success that St. John Fisher breeds breeds more success to a certain degree uh, in terms of just the recognition you get. So you know what? If Rochester can start making some of its own noise in a year that Fisher starts struggling a little bit, you can't count the loss against Mount Union against Fisher. They would need to lose one or two games more at least Uh, to be out of Pool C contention, which is the uh, at-large bid for the NCAA playoffs. But Rochester, if they can make a run in the Liberty League and win the Liberty League or even get a Pool C bid, it's possible uh, that they could do so. Then, seriously, they might be able to start splitting some of the uh, recruits that you're talking about that might be going to the because Cortland, St. John Fisher, et cetera, et cetera, out in Western New York. Well, whether you're talking about the SEC or the Big Ten or Division Three, it, it does come back to recruiting, even more so at the Division Three level. And, and, folks, we do apologize. Uh, we we had Scott Green on the docket. Uh, it, it's game week. Things run late. We are definitely going to get him back on the schedule. He's a very, you know, very gracious, uh, uh, energetic coach. So, we, uh, I believe we, in about another minute, I believe that's Matt, Matt Bedreau on the phone. But, but, you know, here's one comment on, on you of our observation. I mean, I, I have the privilege of playing against them. Great school, great facilities, well-known, just like, you know, every other school is. It's got a great academic reputation in the Liberty League. You know, here, here's the thing about Rochester. I mean, they, they, they had a lot of influence on the national scene in the 80s. Even in the early 90s, they went to the NCAAs. That's a team that historically, at least from an RPI person's standpoint, had all the advantages, had a great facility, had a great academic program, had a lot of money in the institution. That's a team that, if you, if you wipe the slate clean, Frank, you would say should be competitive and should be competing for a title every year. Would you agree? At least in the Liberty League. Yeah, you know what? I, I've been doing this for 14 years, and I've said it myself so many times about them and St. Lawrence, to be honest with you. And it's just not come to fruition yet. They've sh- surprised in one or two isolated games, but the should-be competing, you got to show me more for that. To and be I with th- you. Great point, Frank. I love the Larrys and St. Lawrence. They, they have teased me. They have They have enticed me. They're the Arizona Cardinals of the Liberty League. Every year, we say they're going to break through, they've got a bunch of talent, they've got all the resources, they're a sexy pick, they're going to make some noise, and it just doesn't happen. The Larrys don't break through. But, of course, they break through at the expense of, say, an RPI, where an RPI might drop a game to them. But I tell you, that's a team, We you know, against Alfred. That could have been a statement, 20-3. to 3. They're just not putting it together. And I'd like to see that. I want to see that parity. I want to see, you know, I want to see St. Lawrence come out and give Union, give Hobart, give RPI a game because, to me, that's good for the league. And St. Lawrence has put together some beautiful facilities up there well ahead of the time that the rest of the league started joining them uh, in, that, in terms of their, their student gym, their football stadium. Uh, Appleton Rink is always just a, an old-style uh, rink that they want to keep that way up there. But, I mean, the, the whole complex is beautiful. It's a tough school, though, to recruit for, no doubt about it. Location, location, location. They teach me my uh, master's program down here in real estate. Well, St. Lawrence has that issue, more so than Alfred probably does in a lot of ways, because at least Alfred has some crossroads leading to it. St. Lawrence is basically you either go through Lake Placid to get up there, or you go through the heart of Watertown. Fargo, baby. Fargo. Well, I'll tell you what. We are about two minutes past 815. We have a caller patiently waiting. 518 area code. Is that Matt
2: Boudreau. Yes, yeah, Matt Boudreau. How's it going?
3: Okay. I got you live here on the air, Matt. This is Eric Wren with Frank Rossi. You know, I did a lot of talking with Jimmy Robinson. You know, I'm going to let Frank kind of steer this, but I would just like to say thank you for joining on a busy Wednesday. Yeah, no
2: problem. It's good to be on the air.
3: Matt. Good to be here WPI. WPI, RPI coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, you yourself, uh, let's talk about your status currently. Uh, you're a senior who uh, basically got to play one game this season, and then unfortunately, from what I understand, you've suffered an injury. Both you and your brother, unfortunately, have uh, suffered injuries. Uh, what's happened, and uh, we'll cover uh, the game so far, but what's happened with you and your brother for that matter? Um, well, Chris went down in our scrimmage
2: against Coast Guard, and he, um, he uh, messed up his MCL on his knee. And he's been out uh, every week since, and he's uh, he's working hard to get back. He's been working extremely hard rehabbing, and i uh, are hoping he's back soon. And then I um, against UMass Dartmouth, our big fight over time when great way to start the season. I just uh, after that, I just had to get surgery on my uh, on my thumb and the pointer finger. The ligaments in there were damaged, and I had to get those repaired. And
3: um, I damaged some nerves, so had to get those taken care of. And I get surgery a week ago. Yeah, you were uh, in that UMass-Dartmouth game, a five-overtime game, which had tied at the time uh, the record for overtimes in a Division three game. Uh, last week, they actually got broken, a uh, six-overtime game in the Midwest. Uh, was played uh, St. Olaf, and I can't remember who uh, their opposition was. But you had played in a five-overtime game that was moved up a day because of a uh, tropical storm coming your way. And uh, it five overtimes, which I'm guessing lasted probably, what, four, four-and-a-half hours. And you led the yep. team with uh tackles, I mean, how disappointing was it to have to kind of cut your season short, and what's your prospect of maybe coming back to the end of the season?
2: Um, I mean, you know that that was very tough, you know, and um that that will um be my last game of the year you know Miami have to be out for the rest of the season, but I mean, I guess you know it was a good way I guess for me to end this end my season, I guess with my you know with my friends playing as hard as we can and um, I guess that game. I mean, the years, the last few years that I've been here, we've lost those type of games, and for the first time, it's um, we've come out on that winning end, and that just, you know, it shows the hard work of, well, the entire coaching staff, all the players coming together, working hard, and you know, it really paid off with that you know, win. So, that's definitely, you know, the best win that I've ever been a part of, and um, that was special. But I mean, you know, it's tough that, you know, my senior season comes to an end like that.
3: You know, I just i got to, I guess, move on and help the team out.
1: Yeah, I mean, what kind of role uh,
3: do you want to play this year? I mean, you've had a couple games since that game, but your surgery obviously was taking precedence uh, over the last couple of weeks. What kind of role are you going to play uh, for the rest of the season now with the injury? Right now, you know, I'm just – I'm
2: really, I guess, I, I'm almost like a coach. I mean, I'm really helping out the younger guys, all the freshmen and sophomores. The sophomores uh, have stepped into my, my role There's Mike Oliveira. He's a great talent and um, he used to play outside and they moved him to the inside um, when I went down and uh, he's you know he's like I said a a little tough time understanding the position, first time playing and really working with him, trying getting him ready. He's kid's a great player and um, you know he's really stepped up, worked hard, got in the extra film and um, you know, he's ready to he's ready to step in, he's ready, he's playing great and he's you know he's ready for RPI this week.
3: We're uh, talking to Matt Boudreaux, uh, senior uh, linebacker, unfortunately uh, injured for the remainder of the season for WPI, but we want to talk to him about uh, the upcoming WPI-RPI game and the seasons uh, so far. Uh, Eric, I think you have a question, and then we want to look back at last year versus this year in a second, but go ahead, go ahead, Eric Ray. Well, I, Matt, I, again, thanks for joining us. I guess I have a question. You're a local guy. You come from come yeah. from Rens-Blair. What – if any, maybe there wasn't. You know, I'm, I'm from Rochester. I never even felt any pressure to go to University of Rochester. I ended up at RPI. I never looked back. Was there Was there any kind of, um, I guess, tough decision? Or, or from a recruiting standpoint, take, take us through your process. Take us through where you were at. I mean, it was definitely
2: an extremely uh, tough decision. I mean, obviously, my final two schools were RPI and WPI, both X one schools with great football programs. And, you know, it was a very tough decision. I, you know, a lot of guys from my school, you know, Nick Castell, the captain over there now this year, so many guys from my school have went there, had great careers, you know, had got, you know, great opportunities coming out of there. But, you know, WCI is a great school, When I came here, it just, I don't know, it just fell right, and I guess I just went with it. And, you know, I'm 100%, you know, glad, you know, with my decision, maybe it didn't turn out the way, you know, the wins. Against you know all the big schools, but I mean it's turned out great and hopefully you know we'll come out this Saturday. I mean it's, it's going to be it's tough. I can't go back and try one last time and uh you know play as hard as I can and you know work with my teammates one more time. But you know, I'm gonna be there supporting them and
3: you know getting them ready to go. When you come back to Capital District and you're driving on 787, you kind of got to you get off of like Manans, so you don't have to see the <laughs> campus on the right. You know you got that chip on your shoulder you can't try to avoid that side of the river
2: <laughs> well I mean you know I went to uh, I went to high school in Troy LaSalle Institute and I mean you know it was tough going back to Troy and you know I, I guess I always want to go back there I always wanted to go back there and win you know but what can I do now you know I just got to help, help my teammates out get them ready with them on and uh, hopefully they come out I mean if they if we win I mean if we win this Saturday I mean just as much of them playing or I'm not that special for me. What do you
3: think? Matt, what do you go ahead. What do you think about the whole? I mean, again, I said to Jimmy, I, I didn't really ask him this, but I'll ask you. I, I come from an era. of, of – It was actually God, what, I don't even know what it was. It was the the UAA. What was conference, Frank? Back in the nineties, UAA. Uh, What's the UAA oh. was uh, what we would play in. Yes. So you know, basically, you had to go undefeated to make the playoffs. There was no AQ. ECAC, you know, I got to play in the first ECAC postseason game RPI played in. Great thrill, that was like an NCAA game to me. Gosh, you guys now, whether you're St. Hey, whether you're St. Lawrence or Susquehanna or RPI or Union, on day one of the season, you know you got a shot to get the NCA's if you take care of business. How how big of that is a motivator, or how, how much excitement does that add to the whole concept of playing in this conference?
2: Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, every season we we know going in years past, so we can compete with any team in the league. I mean, we've, you know, lost Heartbreakers to Union two years ago. We lost 20-27. We know that we can play. We know that we can beat these teams. And just going in every season with that extra motivation, knowing that we beat them this year, we're going to play, you know, the St. John Fisher, and then going out from there. And it is is an extra motivator in the offseason. And this team is just really bought into that. I really think um, this this is the year for WTI football, and uh, everyone's bought in. All the coaches, all the players, and all working on the same page to get that next step.
3: So, so we're all about the fans here, man. This is a new experience for us. We're, we're yeah. trying this. it's a new talk show. We're trying everything different. It's a lot of. Just so you know, we're up to 195 listeners. Okay, I gotta uh-huh. believe a lot of these people are average people that maybe have never played football, don't know the deal. Take us through what an average Thursday looks like, let's assume you're not here, let's assume you're practicing, what would you be doing tomorrow? What's your tomorrow look
1: like?
2: Well, I mean, you know, like every other college student in our league, every other, you know, Division three, Division one college football player, we're going through a full day of classes. Our focus is there. Nothing else matters. We're getting through the school, getting through the work. And uh, right when we're done, it's focused. We're going in the film. We're getting on the film, scouting RPI picking up the tendencies, and we know they're doing the same thing. And then from there, we we'll practice, I don't know, about 6 o'clock. We're getting in there. From there, it's just complete focus, knowing that, you know, in two days, you know, we're going in the – every week at, at our school, we say, we're going 1-0. Each week is the biggest game of the year. And um, so Thursday practice is extremely intense, putting our last few things, working on the last few, um, you know, whatever to get us ready for that week. And it's um, real intense practice. I and mean, then, you know, like I said, you come back from practice, back to school, getting back, doing your homework. And uh, and then, you know, come
3: Friday, it's just, how <laughs> can like I say that? But well, Friday is toughest. you know, you're that, just reminded that, on the game. But that's the fraternity of football. And you don't realize this till you get out of here and you get a little older. I mean, you know, you're not playing on full scholarship. You're you're not going to the NFL. I mean, I, I hope you are, but odds are no one <laughs> at this level is. Yeah. So you, you don't realize this till you're out of it ten years, because there's not a day that goes by where I wouldn't put the pads back on and line up. So the beauty of this is, you want to kill union, you want to kill RPI, you want to beat those guys. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot of guys that can do this. This is this, this is the hard stuff. It was if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And a lot of people don't realize this level. and That's why we wanted to have this show and, and promote these you guys. I mean, you know what? You're in crash. You're taking some kind of business or engineering or math or whatever you're taking. Guess what? You got a full course load. You got practice. You put as many hours into a day as some guy at Notre Dame does. So my hats off to you. My hats off to the players of every team in this conference. You are the, you know, you guys are, are, are the salt of the earth. You make the world go around. So it's a pleasure having this show. This is why we're doing this. No one understands as hard as you guys work, as, as, as except the people that you do this with and the guys in other teams. You know, it's it's a common respect. It's a great league. You know, I just want to make sure. I, I, I tell you that my hats off to you, Matt.
2: No, I do appreciate that. I mean, like you said, it is a common respect.
3: You know, right now all we're thinking about is beating RPI, but at the end of the day we're all college
2: football players. We all have our, you know, heads knowing that, you know, at the end of the day we're still we're college students and so we need to get that education done. And from there, you know, like after, after the game's over, you know, we're still, you know, we want to beat them, but, you know, there's, bigger, you know, there's a bigger picture too
3: along with that, so... I told Frank I was done, but I wanted to ask you one thing. I I, I told you I had a hundred and something users. What do you think of this whole format? You guys, you guys, do teammates know about this. You guys excited about having your own conference talk show? You guys got we got listeners out there. What's up? I said, you guys excited about having having your own conference talk show? We got a lot of you. Oh, listeners. it's unbelievable! This is
2: great. This is awesome. I mean, I've been on the phone talking to everyone, telling them to get on it. My parents listen. on. i am on my dad. <laughs> I know a lot of people are listening, so uh, it's pretty awesome.
3: 197 users to be exact right now, 28 of them in the chat room. So I'll tell you what, man, this, this is a good thing. we got listeners from everywhere. Yeah, it was great. Well, it was I, great I, I'm, staring, I'm staring here at our soundboard. we got a guy from Brazil.
2: Oh, wow. Well,
3: I'll tell you what, I see a 585 number. Frank, I think we have Scott Green. Well, let, well let's look uh, the game this weekend a little bit for one second because uh, we let him off the hook on this a little bit, but – you know, it's the return to Troy, technically, uh, for you, Matt. I, I'm guessing you're going to be making your, your ride out there. You know, last season, yeah. it was 4-0 and start and not such a hot finish for WPI, admittedly, okay? 3-0 and start yeah. this season. Comparisons are being made. What makes this season different? And then we'll look at RPI. I mean, like I said, um,
2: you know, we, we all started off great every year I've been here this year just it just feels right everyone really has bought in to what the coaches are telling us this team is led by a great senior class we have talent all over the place great senior leadership all the younger guys are buying in and I just I don't know I got that feeling that uh, this is a year for wpi football I mean you know obviously you know the league is extremely top, um, competitive all the teams, you know they they feel they deserve and they, they do deserve a winning championship but it's just something that feels right about this team and we're coming together, had some big wins. That first one of the year just really brought us together. And from there, beat Worcester State and Becker up pretty handily, good teams uh, within their conference. And, uh, you know, we're just hoping we'll, you know, take care of business in Troy, come back, take, uh, take Union on our homecoming. And from there, just anything can happen. League's wide open.
3: Well, last year it uh, was a two-overtime loss against RPI uh, at WPI, a game that, Boy, it was back and forth, to say the least. And this year, do you think your team's going to finish the deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm really hoping so. I really do think we can. Well, right, it sure right was. between the eyes, Frank. Holy cow! Hey, <laughs> you know what? I, you, we we got to at least put him on the spot a little bit uh, because he <laughs> believes in his team. Well, they want to know I what he is? Speaking of believing your team, I'll tell you what, Frank. We got a lot of listeners. I'm looking at the board. We got we got a couple more. We got premier guests waiting. I tell you, we, yep, it's, it's fantastic to have Matt on the phone. I believe Scott Green is, is, is teed up, ready to go. Um, <laughs> hey Matt, I'll see you in two weeks uh, when I'm up there uh, calling the uh, Union WPI game. So I hope you uh, get a chance to introduce yourself or vice versa. Oh, definitely. And. Definitely, you know, i really sorry about the injury because I know it's your senior year, you don't want it to be that yep. way, but everything happens for a reason in life, and you're getting your experience on the sideline, too, it sounds like. Yep. So hang in there I and sure get good that. education from that. Yeah, Matt, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy it. Good luck with your season. Yes, Thank uh, you. yes, thanks,
2: Administro. Thanks to all the listeners, and it was a great thing going, and I hope it keeps going real strong. I know it will. Thanks a lot.
3: All right. Thank you. So uh, i gotta, I got to give – Frank, I I, I see a 585 number. I'd like to give a little, if I could pull this up. Is this working? I hear it. Ah, this is for you, Scott. (laughs) Hello. Scott Green, are you on the phone? Yes, I am. Scott Green, I believe we also have Seth Cantor on the line with us as well. Seth, you there? Guys, how's everything? All right, great. Scott, thanks for joining us. I I messed up. I thought I told you 8. I told you 8.30, didn't I?
1: Correct.
3: Scott, the last time I this kind of proximity to you, this is Eric Redd, was it was watching you run all over my high school in like
1: nineteen eighty nine. Well, that was a long time and, ago and I don't think I'm running all over anybody anymore. No? Well, you, you know what? You haven't seen Eric Red lately then.
3: Scott, I I
1: remember standing, I saw, I remember standing there thinking, Someone tackle that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's let's introduce
3: introduce yeah, let, yeah. Let, let let me set the stage so people wonder, Scott, we got a large audience out there. We, we, I, I guess we're filling a void for the Liberty League. You know, Great. Folks want to hear about the conference, want to hear about the team. Scott Green is the head football coach for University of Rochester, Yellow Jackets in Rochester. Scott had a stellar career at Michigan State University as, as a fullback, I believe, but you did do some single-back stuff, right, Scott? Correct.
1: Yes,
3: I did. Okay. And then you played for the Carolina Panthers, Panthers and finished up your career for the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Yes, yeah.
3: So definitely have a better football pedigree than anyone on this phone right now, Scott.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Seth Cantor actually dialed in. Seth is the voice of Merchant Marine. He's here for uh, the last segment of the show to chime in as well for our open forum. Uh, Seth is the voice of the academy as well as also now he's going to start picking up some St. John University broadcasting. So congratulations. Welcome, Seth, to the show. Thank you, guys. Scott, as you know, you're joining the inaugural – historic episode of in the huddle the liberty league talk show so thank you we we appreciate your time did we pull you away from film tonight
1: uh no actually we we got done practice and uh i knew i had to hustle to get this on so well thanks so much for
3: joining scott i'll tell you what you know we know you're busy and a lot i've gotten some text questions i i I asked folks throw in some questions i'm going to jump right in God, you had a great a great effort last week against St. John Fisher. We're going to talk about about your game this week in a second, but um, tell us a little bit about you know that that Rochester uh, Rochester hometown light matchup and, and and you know how you're coming out of that week and, and and how you're how you're feeling this week.
1: Well, you know it's a great game. Obviously, the Courage Bowl, and uh, for a lot of reasons, not just so for the football, but for all the kids and people involved, and Gary Mervis and everything he does. But when you get down to it, and, and now we play on Saturday night. Um, the kids that line up on that football field want to win. And obviously our kids at Rochester, the seniors, really wanted to win because they they'd never beaten St. John Fisher. And uh, You know, we thought in the game that we had a good opportunity. I mean, our kids were playing hard. They were playing physical. Uh, But St. John Fisher is a very good football team. And in the end, you know, we fell short. But overall, we were happy with the effort our kids gave. And uh, obviously it would like the outcome to be different, but it wasn't. And now we just got to get ready for this weekend.
3: And, Scott, before Frank takes this, I'm just getting a couple texts from our fans. we got a lot of listeners. They, they just asked if you could just speak up a hair because they want to hear okay. what you have to say. Okay. Thank, Thank you. I apologize. And, and go I know for a fact, having called uh, Union games in the past and uh, seeing you on the sideline, that you are not a quiet man. So we know we know you got it in you. Uh, we've got Scott Queen on the line, uh, head coach of the University of Rochester. They'll be facing Union College uh, this weekend at Frank Bailey Field. And, Scott, Union-Rochester is one of those games that every year seems to be circled on calendars, yet it never seems to live up to the true hype, except for maybe once or twice. It seems like Union has Rochester's number. I mean, well, I, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing and it, what's going to happen this year to change
1: that? You know, coming off the Fisher game, we have to focus on Union, and uh, for whatever reason, our kids have not been able to get by you and, and listen. Union is a great football program. They have been for a long time. So uh, we're trying to get our football team to that type of caliber. And obviously playing the Liberty League, you got to face teams like Union week in and week out. So we know it's on our kids. Listen, you played great against Fisher. That's not good enough. Now for this weekend, you better be able to come and match it and be ready to play a good football team in Union.
3: Scott, one other question for you. We talk a lot about scheduling of non-conference opponents uh, across Liberty League and your schedule is actually one that people circle as kind of a great schedule to have non-conference-wise because you're playing some hefty teams at times. You've got a good division, let's say, of you know medium power versus high power non-conference opponents. I mean, St. John Fisher, Crosstown Rival, rivalry game, you might not have much choice in that, but if you were to personally schedule your non-conference games, would you retain them the way they are, or do you think they should be changed at all?
1: Well, you know, that's a great question. Um, Obviously, you would love to have success earlier, especially through the program, and depending if you're playing a lot of freshmen or upperclassmen, if you're playing a lot of young kids, you know, you'd like to schedule some easier games. But you don't know that going into, you know, two or three years down the road what type of team you're going to have. But personally, from a program standpoint, I want our kids playing the best Competition out there. And I think playing Case Western, who was an NCAA team last year, uh, playing them early was a great pass, and then playing Fisher. So it's a, it's a tough schedule because now you're playing your first four games with brutal when you got Case Western, Fisher, you know, the PI. and the I. So, you know, realistically, you can sit there and look at it with a young team and so say, you know, what you could be on for. And does that really help you with the program? Probably not if you're looking at wins and losses, but to have your kids grow up, does that help you? I think so, yeah. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. This
3: is Eric Scott with a question, though. That being said, you know, everyone has a different philosophy. Some teams want to go outside their conference and, and really bite the bullet and play the big names. Other teams want to, you know, give themselves a test but not really bite off more than they're ready to chew. Can you learn something from scheduling a team that you know, at the end of the day, you, if you play your game, you shouldn't have a problem with? I mean, can you
1: learn something
3: from an opponent that maybe isn't going to push you the way an elite team
1: is? Well, I don't, I don't think Yeah, if you expect to win already before you play the game, then what have you learned? I mean, you have to go out there, and when we play opponents that are going to challenge us week in and week out, now we know what type of football team we are and, as, and what type of coaches we are. And, you know, we're all trying to play to get to the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's our goal. So if we're going to get there and try to win, then we need to play those types of teams during the year. And if you can't beat them during the season, well, then you don't deserve to be in the tournament anyway. So, to me, you know, I know our schedule is tough. So, to get a touch early, I think it prepares us for the maybe because it's so challenging. Hey, Scott,
3: after that game, obviously you had to lead at halftime. What was the feeling in the locker room? What do you say to your team so that they're not, so disappointed as to not be emotionally ready to jump right into a week of Union
1: College practice upcoming? Well, I mean, obviously that's a game that you want to win and you expect to win every time you play it, and uh, it is disappointing. So now you have to get the guys. Listen, you you gave your best effort. You know, if if we could honestly say that we gave our best effort, which our kids did, we made mistakes that cost us the game, but the effort was there. So that's what we were looking for from a program standpoint. And getting ready for Union, we told our players, listen, here's the film. This is the same team that went down the field and scored on the first drive. So if you can do this once, you can do it every time. This is what we mean when we play Union. So I got a question for you, Scott. This is
3: Eric again. And okay. I, not, we don't mean to be hogging. If you got a question for Mr. Green, feel free to chime in. But, here, Scott, you played a big-time program, Michigan State, Division One, where, you know, obviously there's, there's no playoff, there's no – there's no setup like there is in 1AA through 3. I, just from a personal standpoint, wouldn't you kind of like to have this setup when you're playing up at state and, and from a postseason standpoint?
1: I would. I think that would be great. I mean, you know, you play your games and obviously you go through your schedule, but, you know, having this setup where now you get the tournament type playoff system, I think it would be great for football. I mean, I know the big bulls and there's a lot of money that's involved with that, but, you know, I think a lot of people would love to see, you know, this type of tournament. What's the
3: biggest difference, Scott, you see between your days as a player in the Big Ten versus uh, Liberty League football? And I, and, I, and I ask that from the standpoint of the casual fan turns on TV and he sees, you know, Notre Dame this week against Michigan State, and they're thinking, boy, no one works harder than, you know, Michigan State and Notre Dame all week. Is that a fallacy or what? I mean, I mean, you guys put the, you punch the clock no different than – Syracuse or Michigan or Michigan State, right?
1: Listen, I'll be honest with you. Coming from seeing Division One and then coming here in Division Three, I have the utmost respect for these student athletes that play this game. And I absolutely love this level because you these guys appreciate playing the game. And that's what's great. I mean at the Division One level, everyone has their ambition of you know what, I want to get to the NFL and there's nothing wrong with it. But the reality is when you come here, these guys realize, you know, cases that are probably not going to make it to the NFL, but at the same time, you know, these are guys that are going for engineering, for medicine, uh, be doctors, and biomechanical engineers. So, these guys are putting in the hours after practice with the books, staying up to 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning studying, and then turning around and doing it again the next day. So, you know, from, from my standpoint, I think the commitment that these guys make is more than the players at Division 1, because, uh, you know, they don't get as much rest, and academics matter.
3: Hey, Scott, Frank Rossi again. Uh, again for those who's joining us, it's uh, Scott Green uh, joining us right now, head coach of University of Rochester. want well, to look forward uh, to the Union game this coming weekend. You've seen the films. Uh, what do you think your biggest challenges for your team this weekend are going to be against Union College?
1: Well, we know they're a big physical football team. Um, you know, they're going to run the football, but they have some very good athletes. Our test is to not make mistakes and we can't turn the ball over. Um, if we're going to have a shot, you know, we got to make sure we put the ball in the end zone and uh, we have to score touchdowns. We can't get field goals. we got to get touchdowns on the board. And we have to play our type of football game, and hopefully, um, you know, that will uh, end into a, a, a victory for us. But running the football, protecting the football, you know, that's our football game.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. It is eight by eight forty-four. Um, I don't, This is Eric. I only have one last question for you. <clears throat> Being a Rochester native, actually, Canandaigua, I guess you really don't call yourself a Rochester guy per se. If you're from Rochester, you're Canandaigua. You know, it's it's a little different, right? You're out. You're the <laughs> east side of town. I'm am from the west side, so is Canandaigua. But does it does it give a little extra incentive, or is there something a little extra you take? coming back to Western New York, having that great career you had, you know, making a name for yourself, coming back home to your home and, and trying to do some good things in town?
1: I love being back here. And, I mean, yeah, there is incentive because I think, first of all, the level of football that is being played in Division Three is tremendous. And I wish more people would tune in to watch and. Uh, you know, college football games at this level because there's some great athletes out there and there's some very good coaches and some great football being played. You know, I understand, you know, we're playing on Saturdays and uh, there's high school games, so people are tied into that, but uh, if they get a chance, they should come out and watch us. But I, I love it. I think the incentive is great. Um Rochester's a great area, but the league you play in the W League and what you guys are doing with the show, I think, is terrific and I hope it grows. And, uh, you know, mine to hopefully get back on your show. And, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to win a few games in order for that to happen.
3: Hey, real quick, and Frank's going to jump in. How the Braves are looking this year? How,
1: how, how,
3: how's how's Candadegwin doing?
1: You know what? They're actually doing really well right now. Um, you know, they're, uh, they just won their last game. They had a great game against McQuaid early in the year. They won that. Uh, they're off to a very good start right now. So hopefully they can keep that up going into the Finger Lakes. You know, I, I, I see this team definitely making sectionals, and hopefully they can make some noise in sectionals.
3: You must have that pipeline, prime, Boy, no one's going to recruit them better than you.
1: <laughs> I hope so. If I'm not getting get some from egg with it, I'm in trouble. <laughs> hey, Scott
3: Green, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. At Coach Rochester, thank you for uh, being on our inaugural show here of In the Huddle, and we uh, hope that you can join us again uh, another time, and best of luck this weekend with your team against uh, Union College. Uh right,
1: Frank, hey, I appreciate the opportunity, and good luck with everything. Thanks, Scott. Thank man. you. I- Let's uh, move over to
3: Seth Canner. Seth, you still with us. Guys, yeah, that's a tough ass to follow. Former Big Ten player and an NFL guy, but I'll do my best. Well, you're, talking yeah, about you, it, Seth. you're calling Big East basketball soon, so, you know, you're in your own right, you're going to be big time coming up. I'm looking forward to it, but my big claim to fame is joining you guys on the inaugural show, so I really appreciate the opportunity. I have one question for Seth, for all of our listeners. Did you ever get that garbage plate? Yeah, I did. I love it. You know, that's one, of the, that's one of my all-time favorite delicacies. I've had the opportunity to travel throughout the Northeast and throughout Massachusetts, and we're going up to Rochester this year, and that's the first thing I'm looking forward to before I check into a hotel and get settled and then I'm getting myself a couple of garbage plates, get to my game prep, and then we'll go there for Saturday's game. <laughs> there, are about, there are about 150 listeners right now saying, what the heck are they talking about? Uh, it's, it's a Western New York thing. Seth, Seth, um, Seth uh, what, do you, what do you think of the uh, Liberty League talk show, man?
1: I think you guys are doing a tremendous job.
3: I know there's been a great following. i followed the post patterns on D3Football.com. I know Pat Coleman's done a tremendous job with that. And I think you guys are doing an outstanding job by branching out. I think there's a great demand for this. You can tell by the interest on the inaugural show. And I think the fact that the show's going to be on Sunday nights, you know, there's going to be a lot to talk about following each weekend. I think that's going to be a great opportunity for people really to – Express their views, and I know as a broadcaster, it's going to help me in my preparation for each week's game as well. Well, we expect you as a regular regular contributor. Actually, Frank, I'm going to let people know our phone number. We have about 12 minutes, according to my switchboard, remaining. Is one six four six two zero 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 five seven six. Again, six four six two zero 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 five seven six. We got about 12 minutes left. We're in the huddle. In the Liberty League, I'm Eric Wren. I'm joined by Frank Rossi and Seth Sander. Just a little mood music for a second. This is the inaugural episode of In the Huddle, Liberty League talk shows that of everything Liberty League. That's my club right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Hey, let's uh, move. Seth, uh, since we are running out of time, we have four games on this weekend's schedule And we're going to save your game that you're going to be calling for last and talk to you a little bit more about that one uh, when we hit it. But let's start getting a little prediction going uh, here and uh, see how we all do with these four games coming up. Now, folks, we're not rooting for any team by saying this or, uh, you know, the following is just our best guesses upon the information we have in front of us. And good luck to both teams, we say. So don't take this as favoritism or anything like that. And the first one I have up on my list, and we've had – Participants uh, from both sides is WPI, RPI, the Transit Trophy. Seth, what do you think about that game? I think RPI is a solid pick for that game. And, you know, they've been able to put it together over the last few years. WPI seemed to run that option offense very well, but it seemed as if the schedule's gotten tougher for WPI over the last few years. It's gotten very challenging for them to win some games. So I'm going to go with RPI in this weekend's contest. You know what? This is a tough one because WPI last year taking them uh, to double overtime. I should actually reverse that and say RPI took WPI to double overtime because RPI was down and a lot of people feel should have lost that game. And uh, Jimmy Robertson, who we had on uh, earlier, helped to engineer, no pun intended for either uh, team there, uh, a major comeback that allowed for a victory in the end. I think it's going to be a very close game. I will side with you on RPI. We can't let Ren call uh, this game because, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, depending on the – I looked at it, he's an RPI guy, uh, so I won't pick a union game. He won't pick an RPI game unless it's union RPI. So uh, we've got two votes for RPI. One seems to be a little bit closer than the other in uh, philosophy, though. And I guys, sub- can, can I, can I vote?
2: Just...
3: <laughs> no, you can't. Hey, just so you know. <laughs> 204 listeners right now. Well, let's go to Union Rochester, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Union hosting Rochester. We just spoke with Scott Green. I gave a little bit of uh, analysis about Union earlier in the show. Seth, where do you see that one going? I think it's going to be a very close game. Obviously, Rochester has had trouble responding to Union over the last couple of seasons. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think the edge goes to Union right here as always. I can't call this game, Ryan, it's you. Union Rochester? Oh, boy. Wait a minute. Where's this game being played again? Let me see this. Union.
1: (laughs) I'll tell you what. Here's review.
3: I'm going to I'm going to think about this for a second, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go with something very empirical here. I'm going to go by how I felt Scott Green sounded in that interview. He sounded fired up. He sounded like a guy that knows how to motivate his kids. They just lost a tough game against a, a, a national you know, team on the national radar. I'm going to have to go with, with the, the, the Yellow Jackets, the Honeybees there, the Yellow Jackets. So you call for the upset. I'm calling for the upset, baby. Okay. I got crystal, I, Swami's got the crystal ball on. Again, I'm not rooting for – I don't have a bias towards any team, except if it's on the east side of the Hudson River. But, <laughs> hey, listen, in that game, I truly think RPI's got the formula. I really, or er, RPI, what is wrong with me right now? I think U of R has the formula in that game this Saturday. Seth, what's wrong with Len? Could you give us analysis on that? <laughs> well, I've had some time to travel with him. I haven't been able to figure out the guy yet, but now I'm starting to see him.: hey, hey, man, remember, this is Division III Blog Talk Radio. I have a real job during the day. I sat a conference all day with, like, 300 people handing out trinkets at a trade show, so my, my, my brain's a little fried. Listen, I've nice. got 300 people listening, so well, it's well, a different right now. Well, two to be exact right now. Okay, Susquehanna, Hobart. Now, that's an interesting game, and we all three can call this game because uh, we have no uh, dogs in the fight. And, Seth, this is tough. Uh, not so much in terms of I, I think there's a clear winner, but when does Susquehanna wake up? Yeah, they've gotten better, there's no question. They showed some improvement towards the end of the season last year, and – there's a lot of promise for this team coming into the season this year. Susquehanna is off to a great start, obviously, but I've seen Hobart for the last several years, and I also covered the statesmen when I was at Ithaca College, and Coach Craig really put some tough, intense defensive and running-oriented teams on the field, so
1: I just have to go with Hobart in this game. No, head Coach
3: time. from Susquehanna has 99 career victories. but he hasn't got many of them last, uh, what, year and a couple of games, so hey, it's just I'm looking at, at my pad. And I've just hit my notable section, and I realized <laughs> I did not make that point. Susquehanna, coach, 99 career victories. So I've said it. Seth, well, you know how I work. work. You you work the game with me. You know how I work. I well, love. When I, I said love it earlier, do was... about a whole bar. Oh, I'm sorry, Seth. I walked on you there. Know? Oh no, I was just going to say I've worked the games. With you. I absolutely know how you work, and I love your style too. You're jack <laughs> of all trades, no question about it. Is that what it's called, a style? <laughs>
1: Here's my deer. other note.
3: I told Frank, I'll scribble it on the yellow pad. Here's what I got on the yellow pad. I'm, I'm going I'm to go down to, to note three. Battle of the special teams. Hobart against Susquehanna this week. Hobart leads the Liberty League in punt returns. Susquehanna is first in the Liberty League in punting. I threw my pen down. The gauntlet's been thrown down. Special teams battle of the week. Okay. I like uh, that battle. The prognosticator is prognosticator. And Ren's riding the short box tonight. In fact, (laughs) we'll throw some music on that. Oh, no. (laughs)
1: Little
3: Be Good Johnny. (laughs) Well, listen. <laughs> hey, I gotta start working in the music every week to this whole show, you know? We're down to five minutes left to go. No one took us up on our opportunity to call into the open forum, although I kind of from a production standpoint, Frank and Seth, I did mess it up a little. I thought we had Scott Green at eight and Seth at eight thirty, but it was really Scott Green at eight thirty and bedtime at eight. So we'll, we'll we'll forgive you on that one, but let's let's finish up on the uh, Howard Susquehanna. Well I said when will Susquehanna wake up earlier. Don't take that as derogatory. Susquehan is a good team, but when will they wake up and bite somebody that's not really expecting them is where I'm going with that. And is it Hobart this week? Probably not. Hobart really impressed me against Carnegie Mellon when I watched them uh, play in that second half online last weekend. And so I think it's going to be Hobart and a romp. But you know what? Hobart, don't fall asleep because Susquehanna did make a pretty good showing after a bad first quarter and about one minute in addition against Lycoming. They went down 14-0 early and lost, I think it was twenty eight seventeen 28-17 final. So they did come back. So I'm going to pick Hobart. I think uh, Seth joined me in that. And, Ren, you're going with? Hobart game? Wow. Yeah. You put me on the spot there. Against you guys, staying. I'm
2: not saying. I'm saying. Well,
3: I, I would have, you know what? I don't want to just concede the win to Hobart. I want to feel Susquehanna is going to show up and, and play tough and, and do what they have to do. But – You know what, I think in the end the statesman might be a little too much for them. See, at least I couch it with some hard-hitting analysis. Well, now let's get some uh, hard-hitting first-person analysis. Uh, A team that Seth knows a lot about, Merchant Marine hosting St. Lawrence at 2 p.m. You guys uh, like those 2 p.m. starts down there at uh, Kings Point, Seth. Uh, let's look at the Merchant Marine season so far from your analysis of it and then uh, give us your take, at least, on the game. I'm not going to ask you for this I think this is a very young team, but I think they've gelled very well. And I know that can be tough to say about the team that's one and two. They had a very rough go against Kane in week one, but that's a game that the coaching staff just forgot about. And they, they really improved week two against Coast Guard. I know Coast Guard isn't the, the prem. But at the same time, they really performed in all aspects of the game against Coast Guard. They were covered very nicely. And I thought they put up a fairly good showing against a tougher William Patterson team than we've seen in quite a few years. I know that's a team that's vying to really be noticed on the national stage. And as you guys know, William Patterson's in a very tough conference, the NJAC conferences in the country. And I thought a couple of bounces of the ball, maybe a couple of less penalties, they had a shot to win that game. So, I think this is a very winnable game against the St. Lawrence team that started out 0-3. St. Lawrence is a program that just has not been able to emerge, but by some oddity, St. Lawrence has outscored Merchant Marine 89-23 over the last couple of seasons. So it should be an interesting game this weekend. The Hoffman Cup is always a spirited rivalry, but I think the Merchant Marine Academy has a great shot to win this game and go 2-2. Wow. Okay, back back up. What 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 cup and what 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 is it exactly? We have the transit trophy, the stag hat. Yeah, what, what's this one now? The Hoffman Cup. The Richard squid Hoffman, ball. actually, huh? The squid ball. <laughs> no, I, actually, I'm just I was going to tell you guys. What? Richard Hoffman actually graduated from the Merchant Marine Academy quite a number of years ago, several decades ago. His son Tom Hoffman went to Saint Lawrence, so they developed this rivalry over the last few years. So it's been a, it's been a rivalry over the last few years. they played for the Hoffman Cup over the last several seasons. And, and well, so you only got about I think, two minutes left there. Yeah, I think the Hoffman Cup's going to go to Merchant Marine, just based on what you were saying. And, Seth, I've come to Merchant Marine a couple times with the Union College team, and I have to be honest with you, teams seem to get shell-shocked when they start playing at least in the first quarter. There's something about that atmosphere down there and then the military team on top of it. St. Lawrence has a long trip to go down to uh, Long Island and play Merchant Marine, so I think and Merchant Marine wins. Those, those academy games, when they start firing those cannons off and guys are doing push-ups, <laughs> that's where it intimidates people. I want to go with Susquehanna just just to, to balance things. Susquehanna? Sure. I you mean, know, what, St. Lawrence, <laughs> St. Lawrence, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at my sheet here. I'm, I'm reading Essence. I want to go with St. Lawrence. Why? Quickly. Uh, just to go get exactly. Guys i, I, I got I to represent, you know, the other side of the equation. <laughs> yes, except Tanner. Uh, I'll, I'll, with, I'll uh, tell you uh, what. Me, what this is, I'll tell you what. You look at the schedule. There are some serious games this week, some, some tough contests. This is my, like, sleeper, dark horse, hard game to call of the week, St. Lawrence Merchant Marine. I, I think Merchant Marine's got it in a, in a pretty much uh, easy game. I think they win by 20, to be honest with you. That's my prediction. I am I'm, I'm, I'm think the, the Larry's going to show up. Ready to play? I think if if Merchant Marine pulls it out, it's because of Seth's mental jujitsu in the broadcast booth. <laughs> well, let's let's thank Seth Cantor. Uh Seth, we definitely have to have you back when we don't cut you so short uh, in a future date. But we really appreciate you joining us. Seth Cantor is the uh, radio voice of Merchant Marine Academy, the uh, Kings Point Mariners, and soon to be a voice of the St.
1: John's. Uh, what, what's the official St. John's though? women's soccer doing a women's soccer game tomorrow volleyball here, so I'm looking to well we appreciate you joining us and uh, good luck this
3: weekend on the game call Friends. hey this is the inaugural episode of something that we think is going to be a great thing well over 200 listeners this, this, this evening 30 plus folks live and on, on deck in the chat room I just got to thank all of our guests Matt Pedro Jimmy Robertson Scott Green thanks for calling in for Frank Rossi and it's that, Cantor. I'm Eric Friend, and you know where you've been for the last
1: hour and a half? You've been in the huddle. See you Sunday. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.